You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Australia's interstate borders are being relaxed as the Victorian Premier confirms Melbourne is still on track with some rules being eased next week. Let's go live to our team of reporters. First to Tamara Bowe at the Queensland New South Wales border. Tamara, major changes to restrictions have been announced. Nat, the countdown is on. After weeks of chaos, confusion and heartache for cross-border residents, Queensland will finally reopen to parts of northern New South Wales. 1am next Thursday, that is when more than 150,000 residents from places like Byron Bay, Ballina, Lismore, even Glen Innes will be welcomed back into the fold. Those residents will be able to travel freely within the border bubble and so will Queenslanders. But there are concerns around how this will be managed with early reports suggesting that the Defence Force will pull their personnel away from the borders as early as next month as they prepare for the upcoming storm season with the Queensland Police Service left to plug the holes. But look, someone who is doing well and that is Hollywood superstar Tom Hanks. He was spotted strolling around Pacific Fair fresh out of two weeks hotel quarantine wearing his favourite tracky dacks yesterday and flanked by his own team of personnel. Uh, but no rest for the wicked Nat. He's expected back on set for filming of the new Elvis biopic today. And Sam Brett, this is uh, good news for New South Wales. Nat, good morning. Yes, this is good news for some people in New South Wales. It was a bit of a birthday present for the New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian, who turned 50 years old yesterday. She certainly welcomed this announcement from the Queensland government, but she is hopeful that Queensland will open its borders to the entire state. I welcome that and of course uh, would encourage Queensland to go even further given where New South Wales is at this stage of the pandemic. I would like to see that border come down entirely and I've made that position very clear. Now, the numbers are certainly tracking very, very well in New South Wales. We only had two new cases in the past 24 hours. Both of those cases are in hotel quarantine and there were no new cases of community transmission. And this is the first time that we've seen no new cases in the community since July. The Premier, though, is concerned about our very low testing numbers. Only 7,616 people came forward for testing. Yesterday, she wants those numbers right back up to about 20,000 people to get tested every single day, especially for those in southwest Sydney where we have seen those COVID clusters, Nat. Amanda Backman is in Adelaide. Amanda, residents there can add a new holiday destination to their list. 
We sure can, Nat. From midnight tonight, South Australia will reopen its borders to New South Wales. And what that means is that anybody coming from New South Wales will no longer have to quarantine for 14 days. But if they're already here or they arrive today, they will still have to undergo that mandatory isolation. The Premier says it's because New South Wales is controlling community transmission. New South Wales has done a great job in the information flow from New South Wales Chief Health Officer down to South Australia has been absolutely exceptional. And that's given us the confidence uh, to open our border as of midnight tonight. And I don't think it could come soon enough. And it couldn't come soon enough for so many people. Families that have been split by the South Australia-New South Wales border, also for businesses and tourism operators, we're already seeing an influx of bookings into flights. Demand is very high for flights between Sydney and Adelaide and we're expecting some big sale fares to welcome people back to that transit route. But there is a reminder for people who are coming to South Australia from every state and territory other than Victoria where borders are still closed and that is that they still need to fill out their online travel registration. Okay, Nathan Curry is in Melbourne. Authorities say Melbourne is still ahead of schedule despite a small increase in cases yesterday. Now, we had 28 cases, but most of them were in aged care. So we are looking, all systems go for some restrictions to be eased next week. As for what they are, we know childcare is reopening and that preps, ones and twos and VCE students will be back at school for the start of term four. Um, some workplaces will be opening as well, but the Premier hasn't said just what they are at this stage. He says he and his team will be working late into Saturday night to figure that out ahead of Sunday's announcement. So more businesses than we first thought may be opening. But regardless, it will be a busy couple of days for the Premier. He was meant to front the hotel quarantine inquiry today, but his appearance has been pushed back until Friday. Nat. And Taylor Aiken is in Canberra. Taylor, the federal government has entered into a global vaccine deal. What does that mean for us? Well, Nat, it means that Australia is now part of a global coalition to ensure fair access to a vaccine. The federal government has struck a deal with COVAX, a facility led by the World Health Organization, which aims to develop and distribute 2 billion doses of a safe and effective COVID-19 vaccine by the end of next year. Health Minister Greg Hunt has told Sam this morning the deal opens the door to more possible treatments. We've already got access uh, to the Oxford and University of Queensland vaccines. This means that we would have access to any of uh, potentially dozens and dozens of the world's leading candidates. And it's about protecting Australians. The agreement is worth more than $120 million and acts as a down payment so that when a vaccine is successfully developed, we're guaranteed a jab for at least half of our population. Nah. OK, thanks very much, everyone. Now, Australian researchers have developed a way to make surfaces deadly to coronavirus. Uh, the team from Queensland University of Technology, working in collaboration with Queensland Health, were able to reduce the amount of time COVID live on surfaces from 72 hours down to just three to six. The tests were carried out on metal surfaces, but more work is underway to test the process on stainless steel for its potential use in hospitals and on public transports. Uh, joining us now, QUT virologist uh, Professor Kirsten Spann. Professor, appreciate your time. Now, just explain how this works. Yes, sure. So we've been inspired by insect wings here that we know are resistant to infections. And if you take, for example, a dragonfly wing and put it under a really powerful microscope, you can see rows and rows of tiny little microscopic spears 
all over the surface of the wings. So the engineers here at QUT have developed an etching technology where we can actually etch rows and rows of tiny little microscopic spears all over metal surfaces as well. Oh. And so then when we put bacteria or viruses or they fall on the surfaces when people cough and sneeze, they're actually impaled and ruptured on these surfaces and then they just die and disintegrate. Wow. My That's fascinating, goodness. isn't it? It sure mm. is. Dragonfly wings. So, so you've, pr you've tested this process yep. on aluminium so far. Um, so what are, how, can yep. you transfer that now, as we said in the introduction there, to stainless steel, so you could use it in hospitals? What about plastics? How, how else could this be used? Yep. Yeah, yeah, great question. And that's what we're trying to develop now. So we started with aluminium because it's easy to um, etch, it's easy to wrap around surfaces like doorknobs and stair rails. Oh. But yes, stainless steel is the next thing we're going to try. Um, plastics will probably need to look at silicon coatings and things. Right. Yeah, so ju for that. just really quickly, mm. do you spray it on or wipe it on or is it a film or...? Yeah, so it's actually, at the moment, uh, a, a spray-on would be fabulous. Um, it's really important that all those spheres are evenly distributed. So at the moment, the metal needs to be submerged ah, right. um, so that you get that even sort okay. of sphere formation. Um, but a spray-on would be um, really useful in a hospital setting where you could just re-spray yeah. surfaces. So for sure, that's you know something we're looking at to develop from a oh. commercial perspective. That's fascinating. Keep us up to date with how that research goes yes. on. and no pressure, but we'd like it in a little squeegee bottle. <laughs> <laughs> ASAP. Yeah, sure. we'll um, aren't you, Kirsten, good on you. Yeah, How fabulous. That's fantastic. Yeah. Australians will have greater access to a COVID-19 cure after the federal government struck a deal to join a global vaccine facility called COVAX. It's a collaboration between health organisations, including the WHO. It's designed to ensure fair access to any potential vaccine. 80 countries are on board so far. It's in addition to the agreements already signed by the government for the Oxford University and the University of Queensland vaccine candidates. And for more, Health Minister Greg Hunt joins us. Minister, good morning to you. Now, how does this COVAX work? Uh, so it's uh, an international facility, which means that uh, countries uh, pay to be part of it. It then gives them guaranteed access to uh, new vaccines that are developed um, and then approved through the, uh, the safety programs. As you say, we've already got access uh, to the Oxford and University of Queensland vaccines. This means that we would have access to any of uh, potentially dozens and dozens of the world's leading candidates and it's about protecting Australians. It's also about making sure that there's fair access around the world. And so the developing world, the countries in uh, Latin America and Africa and parts of Asia would also have access, which means we're helping save lives here in Australia okay. and yeah. helping save lives globally. OK, so if we'd already... We, Australia, you, the federal government, had already done a deal with Oxford University and the University of Queensland to to guarantee that we had, except we could buy the vaccine when it was developed. Why do we need to spend $123 million to be part of this COVAX group? So it gives additional security and certainty, both for Australia, but also for the world. So the reason why it's very important, we want to have uh, as many eggs in the basket as possible. Uh, we're very confident around the Oxford and the University of Queensland vaccines, but we want to make sure that we've got the maximum opportunities for what has been 
the greatest disruption uh, to any of us since the Second World War. And so uh, it's providing certainty for Australians, but the facility is also meaning that uh, we'll only have a truly safe world if we're able to provide vaccines in the developing world uh, to people who might otherwise not have that uh, access, not have that support. So it supports us, supports other countries that uh, uh, will be uh, less developed, less able to access it. And I think it's a really important contribution to Australia and the world. Okay. Greg Hunt, that's all we've got time for. Thank you. See you Thanks, soon. Thanks, Sam. Here's Koshi. And our JobKeeper looks set to be scrapped in early 2021. From next week, the subsidy will be scaled back with the payment reducing and eligibility tightening. From January, the program is further narrowed until March. After that, it's expected to be axed as part of the upcoming federal budget. We're joined by Ernst & Young Chief Economist Joe Masters. Uh, Joe, it's expected the government wants to focus on new jobs instead of subsidising wages. Um, is that a good strategy? It's a necessary strategy, Koshi. At the end of the day, the JobKeeper payment is supporting the jobs that our economy used to have. What we want to do is start creating jobs that will be around for the next, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. The, the jobs of the future, Australia. I know change is very, very confronting, and at the moment we're only hearing about the JobKeeper part of it and, as you said, the, the ending of that. What we will hear from the government in the next few weeks is what does the next piece look like? How are we going to support mm. the creation of those new jobs? How well do you think businesses across the country have adapted to the COVID crisis and, and, and wean themselves off JobKeeper? So, look, businesses like households, have been doing it really tough. This is going to be a slow grind out of recessionary conditions. What we are seeing, though, in some data we got yesterday, is that businesses with over 200 employees are actually getting people back to work. They're getting jobs back on the payroll, whereas small and medium-sized businesses are still doing it really, really tough. And that may reflect two things. Bigger businesses tend to have a bit more buffer in their cash flow mm. and they might also just be a bit more agile in an environment that's moving, you know, yeah. so quickly. Yeah, good point. All right, Joe, thank you for that. Yes, now, an emergency room doctor has an urgent warning for all Australians. Dr Stephen Parnas works across three Melbourne hospitals. He's witnessed firsthand an alarming surge in alcohol abuse, mental illness and family violence since coronavirus took hold of the state of Victoria, with the lockdown restrictions adding more pressure to an already stressed system. With several weeks still to run on restrictions, he says all Australians have a role to play in caring for those who are doing it tough. And emergency physician Dr Stephen Parnas joins us now from Melbourne. Stephen, good morning to you. What have you seen in the emergency rooms of Melbourne where you live? Good morning, Sam. Uh, well, as the stress of the second wave uh, took hold here in Melbourne, uh, I think I and, and many of my colleagues across emergency have seen a really significant increase in mental health presentations. Um, people have been under enormous stress and uh, it's unsurprising. I think uncertainty, I think being confined to home, unable to work, those sorts of things have taken their toll, but uh, it's been an awesome achievement and uh, to, to get the second wave under control. And uh, I think by acknowledging the achievement uh, and taking extra care of each other, we uh, can get through 
the mental health challenges as well as the pandemic. Okay, I think all Australians are concerned about mental health at the moment. This is a tough time for everyone. And I think most Australians are very concerned for Victorians because you have really had a tough time of it. So what can be done that? What needs to happen to alleviate this crisis somehow? I think the first thing is to, as you say, acknowledge uh, the, the, the scope of the achievement uh, that's taken place down here in Victoria. Uh, I think uh, the magnitude of, of loss of life uh, could have been far worse. Uh, the spread could have been beyond Victoria's borders quite significantly. So acknowledging that achievement is an important thing. We should be proud of that. Uh, but at the same time, uh, opening up carefully, slowly, in a way that keeps us safe so that we uh, don't go through the rise in numbers uh, that we saw back in May, June. That's really, I think, the best way to slowly and carefully uh, uh, handle things and make sure that we can keep those stresses and anxieties about the future under, under control. Mm, hopefully there is light at the end of the tunnel here. Um, Dr Stephen Parnas, thank you. We appreciate your time. Now, if you or anyone you know needs help, you can contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. Koshi. Now, South Australia's border with New South Wales will open from midnight tonight. The change means that from Thursday, anyone coming to South Australia from New South Wales will no longer have to quarantine for 14 days. But travellers from every state or territory still need to fill out an online approval form. South Australia's border with Victoria remains closed. Joined now by South Australia's Premier Stephen Marshall. Premier, appreciate your time. What led to the New South Wales border decision? Uh, well, the numbers in uh, New South Wales are continuing to go down. They haven't had community transmission there for uh, 13 days. Hopefully yesterday was 14 days and therefore we can open our border with New South Wales tonight. It's been closed for months. It's been a very good uh, first line of defence. Our borders in South Australia, we've had very low infection rates uh, in our state, uh, but it's now time uh, to open that border with New South Wales and we couldn't be more excited. Yeah, what will the easing of border restrictions mean for businesses in South Australia? Oh, this is absolutely massive. New South Wales is the second largest market for visitors uh, into South Australia. Obviously, our borders remain closed with Victoria, uh, and so it's really important that we get open uh, with New South Wales. But it goes beyond business, Goshi. Family dislocation has been a real yeah. problem. Uh, you get grandparents who haven't seen their grandkids. You get uh, parents that are dislocated from their children. This is going to be absolutely uh, fantastic when the borders open tomorrow. Yeah, so is it this sort of 10 days without community infection that's, that's sort of the benchmark you're using? I'm, I'm thinking for when Victoria gets down to those levels. Is, is that what they have to shoot for to open the borders with South Australia? The expert health advice that we've received, Koshi, says that we need to have one incubation cycle, so 14 days without community right. transmission. I've got to say, New South Wales has done a great job in the information flow from New South Wales Chief Health Officer down to South Australia has been absolutely exceptional. And that's given us the confidence uh, to open our border as of midnight tonight. And I don't think it could come soon enough. As I said, it's been closed for months and months and it's a big relief uh, to fam families and to businesses, individuals that want to make that trip. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, go going to South Australia on a holiday for 14 days, 
is like quarantining to then get into Queensland if you want to do it. Well, uh, can I just say, South Australia is now open to New South Wales, ACT, Queensland, Northern Territory, Western oh, Australia okay. and Tasmania. So the only state we're closed to, the only state, yeah. uh, is Victoria. And the risk is reducing, and so we are more liberal with that border at the moment. About 3,000 people a day coming across that uh, border. Uh, essential workers, transport workers, yep. people that are working uh, in that border community. So things are improving right across the nation, uh, but we're really getting the economic benefit of that here in South Australia at the moment. Yep. School holidays coming up, footy finals. Go and enjoy yourself in South Australia. Premier, good to see you. Thanks, Koshy. Here's Sam. Jeez, that was lucky, wasn't it, Koshy? <laughs> the open. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thunk it? Yeah. It just Steve, opened up just Steve, in the nick of time. Stephen's a big port man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Now, more Australians have faced unemployment this year than ever before, yet some bosses claim they have jobs they simply can't fill. The latest results from the National Skills Commission survey show that uh, of the 1,100 businesses contacted, 47% said they were having difficulty getting workers. Now, one of those employers is Max. He runs the Windsor Hotel in Perth and currently has six places he needs to fill. In normal times, these jobs would attract around 400 applicants, but the job seeker in place, he can't attract any. And Max joins us now from the Windsor Hotel in Perth. Max, good to see you. Tell us about the Windsor Hotel situation. Just how difficult are you finding it to get new employees? Uh, it's been a bit of a struggle. At this time of year, we tend to up our, uh, our staff for the Christmas period, and usually we wouldn't have a problem in encouraging staff to come and work for us. Um, but what we've seen is a decline in applications and, well, and a decline in, in decent staff with experience applied to us. Um, it's been a, a tough run. Max, I have heard this story so much. I've got so many friends who run businesses and I was talking to the lady in my local coffee shop the other day in the country. She cannot get casuals um, because they prefer to be on JobSeeker. So what are you trying to do to, to get new employees? We've just got to try every single angle. We've obviously got the normal, the usual suspects such as social media, Seek, Indeed, um, but also we just use word of mouth. We encourage our employees. I, I even offer a cash incentive to our employees, our existing employees, of two hundred fifty dollars 
if, if a person will wow. stay with us for over three months. Um, we've just got to think outside the box, and we have done so. And also, uh, the interview on Tuesday was a success as well, because we've had, you know, 20 or 30 people call us since then too. Oh, OK. Um, so, are you, are you paying less than Job Seeker or about the same amount? Are, are people actually saying to you it's not worth it to come and, come and work for you? I think, I think, yes, we are seeing an element of that. There is an element of people not wanting to work because the money is slightly better with JobSeeker. Um, I think it's very difficult because everybody's got their own life, you know, and we've, we obviously employ some students and they can only do a certain amount of hours a week. And I think it's it, it sort of the students see sometimes that JobSeeker is a, more, a better way of earning more money because um, obviously they can only do limited shifts. And yeah. they, they, I've got a, one student who does 20 hours a week and um, you know they're getting, they've been getting JobKeeper the whole time, and maybe they may go to JobSeeker. I'm not sure. We have to wait and see. Right. That's and interesting. The, and the borders close. You don't get students and things like that going the, to WA. The award in hospitality is less than JobSeeker. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Which Max, has had the COVID boost, so yes, it's a bit more. But still, but, Max, yeah. what is what's your message to to W? Well, you're in WA, but to to Australians. Well, I think the job seeker needs to be potentially reduced further. I'm, I'm aware that out there there are some people a lot more hard up. In WA, we are open, things are normal, but people obviously can't go internationally to travel. And I think we've got to remember that. And subsequently, WA is booming, certainly in the hospitality industry. And, and yeah, please, people apply, is my <laughs> message, if, if, if you are able to work. Good luck. OK, Max, thank you. We thank wish you. you all the best with your business. Good on you for having a crack. Um, we'll have all thank the details you. on our website about the jobs available at the Windsor Hotel to everyone in Perth.